This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. Alright, hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal, and I am joined today by Brad Geiger, webcomics guru extraordinaire and creator <laughs> of his own amazing properties. Um, he doesn't have camera right now, so I threw up a stock image. I picked the most flattering image I could find on Google <laughs> Image Search, and uh, hopefully... Hopefully you won't mind the, the I'll image have I chose. To check it out and see if I approve. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing I can do about it now, so <laughs> we can always start a fourth time. <laughs> oh yeah, why not? Right? This is the, this is the, this is the well-oiled machine that is Comic Pop That's here, everybody. Right. That's right. But uh, yeah, so uh, Brad, why don't you uh, why don't you kick things off by explaining to the listeners at home and viewers here on the show uh, what exactly it is that you do and uh, how long you've been doing it for. What do I do? What do you yeah, do, man? That, that you know, that's a question I ask myself every morning. Of course. What, what, do I, what do I do? Yeah, pretend you're in LA, and that's the question that everybody asks. What do you do? <laughs> well, I, I I've been doing web comics since 2000. I started in February 2000 on a GeoCities site. You know, <laughs> uh, oh no! Doing, doing a comic strip. Uh, I I then went from there to uh, Keen Space and Keen Spot and and right. all that ancient history stuff we can talk about. Uh, but my comic now is called Evil Incorporated. It's at evil-inc.com. And, uh, and round about, oh gosh, what was it, 2005 or so, uh, Scott Kurtz and Chris Straub uh, got in touch with Dave Kellett and myself and asked us if we would like to co-wrote, uh, co-write a book called How to Make Web Comics. Yes. And turned into a really kind of a big thing for us. We, we, we set out to write the book that we wished we would have had when we started. Right. And uh, I still uh, get people bringing that book up to me at conventions saying how much they loved it. Uh, I, after uh, a little while, I did the sequel to that book called The Web Comics Handbook, which has done very well. Yep. And uh, I do a, a subscription site called webcomics.com that uh, basically d does the same sort of outreach, talks to creators, uh, from new creators to seasoned uh, uh, veterans, uh, sharing uh, information on doing this independent comics thing on the web. Yeah. Uh, now, it's interesting because web comics have been around for almost 20 years. Yeah. And web-based. Yeah, web-based uh, comic books, comic strips, pretty much just the graphic medium available on digital is basically the definition of what a webcomic is, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been around for so long, and yet it took you guys a good long time for there to actually be some kind of authoritative uh, discussion about like what they were and how they function, and not only how to make them like good, that's up to the artist, but the question is like how to make it into some kind of a business. Yeah, because, well, that's because we were all making it up as we went along. Yeah, and you know, of course, <laughs> yeah, and of course, you guys, that you guys were just uh, just a handful of the handful of people who were making a living doing mm -hmm. web comics. Guess the thing is that like web comics. I remember um, Bill Watterson was once asked about web comics uh, long after his retirement from the graphic medium. 
I think he was getting into water paint <laughs> or uh, mm-hmm. watercolors mm-hmm. Or, or, or guitar playing. But uh, they asked him, what do you think of webcomics? And he said, I don't read them. I've never heard of, like, I've never seen them. But I have to imagine that, by and large, they're all pretty terrible because you've, <laughs> because you've democratized comic strips. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny to me to, to be so dismissive of an entire medium. And it is. That's what it is. Webcomics web have become its own kind of offshoot of uh, graphic comic making. Mm-hmm. I well, I, I I would be although I've never met him, never talked to him. Yeah, uh, I I do know. Uh, for example, Dave Kellett has uh, has had oh, yeah, a little movie. bit of back and forth with him uh, through the movie stripped, and I would be willing to bet that Watterson's opinion of web comics is very different today than it was back then. And I, I have to imagine not only that that's a good point, but also web comics themselves. Go through kind of a kind of a, a metamorphosis every few years. When oh yeah, I, I guess when different financial institutions either change or 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 die out. Um, let's go through just a little bit about like how is it that you could actually make a comic, put it on the internet, and somehow make money uh, when you started, when it was probably like because I feel like well we'll get into that, but like when when it first started versus today. Well, it was real easy when it started. the The business model, and I always put that in finger quotes, because <laughs> you know, it, like I said, we we were really making this up as we went along. Right. But the business model that slowly developed was to uh, build a community, and that's an important word: build a community on the web, and then monetize that community through a advertising and b merchandising okay and and it's a very i mean that's really what it boils down to now we always told our readers and we always told people uh in interviews and stuff like this it was a free comic right and and it it never was a free comic that was very good marketing very good promotion but it was never what it never was free uh there was always a payment going on there uh one way or another the reader might not have been subscribing to that website but the reader was generating advertising views, and those advertising views were generating significant uh, uh, avenue re- uh, a- advertising revenue for us. Hmm. Uh, that the numbers don't look great, uh, but it was something that uh, was cumulatively very powerful, and that's why in the very early days of the web, the, the most uh, powerful, the most prominent webcomic was a humor comic strip. Okay. Why? Because that comic strip was was relatively easy to produce on a daily basis, and the early web very much favored uh, a, a large archive, a large accumulation of content. Mm, and it- so... Go ahead. I was going to say that kind of feeds into the the, the, the current binge culture of our society. Oh, yeah. I mean, like yeah. the fact is, you if you once you discover a webcomic, and I know I'm guilty of this myself. When I first got into like reading reading and absorbing webcomics, um, you just you 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 eat through that archive like nobody's yeah. business, and you can get through like years worth of content in a very uh, unproductive day's work. You know, yes, behind a desk. Yes. And, and, and generate a lot of ad revenue mm-hmm. uh, in so doing. But, uh, but the way to get that archive big and get it big quickly was comic strips, mm. right? And, and humor strips, I always say humor, 
particularly because what I always remind uh, people even today is that somebody's coming to your site for the very first time today. Yeah. And if you don't have something there to capture them, you're going to lose them. Right. And people always say, I, I, the, the, the example I use a lot on webcomics.com is what if I had a magic wand that was going to bring you a million new readers today? Yeah. And, and everybody, of course, would jump at that. Of course. And I say, here's the thing. You've already had a million readers. You've had a million readers over the past year or two years. The problem was you didn't keep them. Right. Right? It's not about me bringing you a million. And, and the honest truth is, a lot, unless you, the quality of your comic is very high, and at least you're playing this game at a, at a high level, if I brought you a million readers today, you'd lose them by tomorrow. Right. Yeah, right. that, and it's funny because I always I'm I'm always attracted to the the business industry and development of web comics when I first uh, got into comics myself, and it was a very easy transition to go from web comics to YouTube because mm -hmm. they're very their their business models are very similar. You give people you give a large audience a, a you might even say like an overwhelmingly large amount of people you just throw your your content out into the world for free, and right. you say uh, hopefully what I've made catches you and even the videos that like let's say the viral videos when they when they're seen by like a million people you know you get overnight success um, right you lose a huge percentage of that audience because maybe they've gone through your archive and they've seen well this is not really some, this is not indicative of the thing that i read or right. this is not the kind of thing that i want to see you know so uh, it, it's funny how it, it, for me you know, even though I, because I had also developed some webcomics, as you know, because we've mm -hmm. we've spoken on the subject numerous times before, um, it was easy for me to transition from there to here because I'm like, oh, I'm I know how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it 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 applies to a very broad uh, swath of entertainment in general. Yeah. Um. So okay, you start out with webcomics. The idea is hopefully you are multi-talented because, uh, in your case, you write and draw your own strips. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are a lot of people out there who have done uh, either just the writing or just the drawing and so forth. Um, but for those webcomic creators who develop their own strip themselves, um, people like Scott Kurtz, you, Daniel Corsetto, who makes uh, Girls with Slingshots, um, they develop the strip themselves, they put it out there for the for, for, on the internet. Um, in the early days, you guys, um, I assume you guys were motivated by the syndicate uh, oh, model because absolutely because it was it wasn't about um, taking my work and showing it to people for free and uh, and owning and controlling my entire property. I thought it was the idea of um, well, you work through a website, right? You take your comic, you find some group that wants to host your comic, and then you put it out that way. I, I will even do you one better. Uh, mm -hmm. the, what brought me to the web was getting rejection letters from the syndicates mm. and and the exact reason I started that first GeoCities site was uh, not building my own business but the I, my fledgling idea was to prove to the syndicates that this comic could uh, gather its own readership with the end game and this goes back to 2000 and it was a little bit it, it was not as not as dopey today as it is uh, <laughs> back then mm -hmm. to uh, aim for newspaper syndication. Newspapers hadn't taken the complete nosedive that they <laughs> that they have. Yeah. Uh, but the idea in 2000 was to 
a, a get a syndicate deal. Yeah. That's the whole reason I went to the web was to build a re to show them readership statistics and to say that's why I should be in the newspaper. That's why I should be part of the syndicate. Uh, of course, it only took a, a couple of years for me to see that uh, it, it, very shortly it turned around and I'm like, there's so much more potential here than there ever will be in a syndicate. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. That I quickly became, I don't think I would take a syndicate contract really? if they offered it to me. So it was, uh, it, yeah. it was that much of a, it was that much of a heel turn. The rewards oh, yeah. that is uh, made you think, no way. Is it? You could, well, you could see the number one. You could see the writing on the wall for the newspaper industry. I was going to say, yeah. Two, you could see the the vast potential for self publishing on the web, and uh, in no uncertain terms, I could make a, a since I had no middleman. Mm -hmm. I, and, and if I would, if I was willing to take on those business roles myself, yeah. marketing and and accounting and so on and so forth, if I was willing to learn that and do a workmanlike job of it, then I could take I could actually make a good living with a much smaller audience because my uh, dollar that I earn is not getting divided among three or four people. I'm keeping uh, a big chunk of a smaller pile. But you're doing multiple jobs as well. You're not just the creator who makes and writes the comic you're also like you said the marketer you're the, oh yeah you're your own agent uh you also i guess have to be a web designer in your own right you have to be able to know how code how coding works unless you're able to pay someone else to do that but i'm sure right. when no, you first started, all of that like, stuff we yeah. had to learn uh on our own i i learned way more about uh web design than i ever thought i would i i i, I have a much better grasp on marketing than i ever thought i would particularly social media marketing yeah and, and the thing about it is is all of those things were fascinating to me yeah and so i i wanted to do them it was it was like oh man this is great i you know i can i can figure out how to do this and figure out how to do that uh i i, I for me it was never a drudgery it was it this was this thing that i was building that i was absolutely obsessed with yeah and so every part of it was uh enjoyable and you me. think it's funny because um, the most of the web comics that I followed were mm -hmm. created by kids, in in, in a <laughs> sense. And when I say kids, I mean people in their twenties, who mm -hmm. who had either no a business acumen or simply didn't want to do that aspect. I know, like the the famous story, of course, is Penny Arcade. Those guys, yeah. um, they didn't want to do the business. They obviously didn't understand how the business worked, and they. You know, thankfully, ran into a guy who knew how that <laughs> knew that how that, yeah. how that worked and made it work for them um, in such a different way. I, I always love how um, how different every every webcomic you know and recognize has a different success story, and it's always kind of amazing to to see just how different how they how they managed to make it work, even in the, a medium that seemingly had a formula and such a formula that you were able to, with your colleagues, construct a book. That says this is how this is. If you follow this formula, or at least if you follow these these guidelines, you'll have a better understanding and a better method of getting your work out there and creating a superior product. You know, nothing in your book, of course, suggests how to be number one, creative and engaging. Right. <laughs> but right. as long as you have those things, you know, th this, this is some this is some of the guidelines. Can well, you... we did talk about creativity, but we and we we we, we devoted a chapter to it. Yeah. But 
the the one thing that we uh, that Dave said in one of his early early chapters is listen there are many paths to the top of the same mountain yeah you know we're going to talk about certain things and what made how to make web comics good was that we would all chime in on each other's chapters and sometimes right. we'd agree sometimes we disagree uh, in the in that same chapter with what the person was saying. Uh, so we, we tried to make it, it, it so that it, that it wasn't like one single formula, but we were able to identify certain factors that seemed to go uh, across the board that we could say, okay, if you can do this, if you can engender a sense of community uh, among your readers, that's a big step forward because yeah. those people will buy uh, books. Those people will buy will show up at comic conventions to support you. You know things yeah. like that. So. The way that the business of webcomics worked from, is there a range you can pick from 2000 onward that where it was, you make your content, you put it out for free, but you monetize through ads and I guess t-shirt sales and mm -hmm. prints and maybe possibly books, although well, there is I mean, a little bit of overhead there. The whole t-shirt thing, you know, it, it always leaves a sting with some of us old timers yes. because that was <laughs> the, the members of the National Cartoonist Society. Uh, in the early days, did not want to accept us, uh, and the reason they gave was that we weren't cartoonists; we were T-shirt salespeople. Right, I remember. And, I remember hearing that. So, when I, so, so, so you say T-shirt with a certain inflection, and, and it always kind of uh, gets my hackles up. But sure. All of that is no different. What that falls under is merchandising, exactly. right? Books, T-shirts, uh, lunch boxes, figurines, action figures, whatever. That's that's everything that Charles Schultz did. Oh, you Jim know, Davis. I mean, these Gary guys are Larson, the titans. Jeremy Davis. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, we we went. Uh, so, to your question, we went along. I can I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you when it hit for me. Mm. We went along like that for a long time, uh, and for me, the tipping point happened in 2014. Okay. So, a good 14 years of working this same business model. Yeah. Uh, of mainly of ad revenue, and of course, the further I went, the more I went. That archive built and built and built, and since I was doing five comics a week, that archive built into the thousands over the years. Oh, yeah. And of course, every one of those single comics is an entry point for someone to discover me doing an unrelated search on the web or what have you, uh, and and then it's part of a larger archive that uh, engendered readers would start to go through once I kind of got them and got them in under my uh, spell as you mm -hmm. uh, as you might say uh, that was that that big archive was generating a lot of money I used to run three different ad revenue networks on my sites one of them could be counted on to pay my mortgage okay wow one by of them? <laughs> one of them Okay. And now, listen, that isn't to say that all three were equal. Right. <laughs> they weren't. But one of them paid my mortgage. I felt very proud of that. Um, then around 2014, uh, I realized that something big had changed. Uh, that same ad network was not paying my electric bill. Oh. And the, uh, the example I always give is I saw this great, I think it was a poster or, or something. It's a great image. It's a clown with a noose around his neck. Mm -hmm. And the other end of the rope is tied to a sapling tree, and he's watering the tree with a big water can. Hmm. That is 2014 to wow. me. 
Okay. All right. Except I hadn't realized the tree had grown and my feet weren't touching the ground. <laughs> it had happened so slowly yeah. that uh, I was like, oh my God, what happened here? And I was doing my taxes, looking over these numbers uh, for the year, and I'm, I, I realized uh, something big had happened. And when I researched it, what I realized was, as I'm sure you already figured out, ad blockers had reached the tipping point. Everyone right. and their mother had installed ad blockers on their phones and on their desktop computers, mm -hmm. and it had completely changed how we were approaching our business. I realized at that moment I was going to have to make something else up, hmm. right? Yeah. Ads were not going – it was – I knew enough about internet readership that uh, at, it, putting a note out politely asking to be whitelisted was never going to work. It was never going to be efficient. I've seen that request. I even see it today in 2017. <laughs> people just saying, hey, uh, the ad blockers are killing me. Can you turn yep. them off? Yeah, uh, never going to work. That's like saying, hey – uh, I know that everybody's using these jetpacks, but could you put on these roller skates because they're really messing up the whole. <laughs> right, right, it, and it's and it's it's it it, it it's what it, what happened is there was a real danger. Okay, so think of it. It's twenty. It, it's it's two thousand. I'm yeah. one of the new young bucks. Right. Hard as that is to put put in your mind. <laughs> and syndicated cartoonists are looking at us and saying, "Hey, you're killing the comic." Yeah. You're killing what we're doing because you're giving it away for free. It was never free. Nope. But you're giving it away for free. You're killing things. And we'd be like, hey, old man, get with the time. <laughs> this is how we do things now. Yeah. This is the this is what it ha this is what happens. This is what the business we're building, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And and you guys are dinosaurs and, and if you don't change, you're gonna die. That's right. Fast forward to uh, 2015, 2014, and I realized that I was in danger of becoming that dinosaur. Yeah. I could stick to my guns and say, hey, this is the way I've done things for almost 15 years now. Yeah. This is the way we're going to do it. You're going to have to change, not me. You're going to have to whitelist me. I'm not going to have to change. You're going to have to change. And I, I, I reject that right. thinking and I could, because I knew it was counterproductive. So I started looking at you know what could be done uh, and what I found very quickly was that the one thing that is working and is working better than it ever had worked before was crowdfunding right. and that was Kickstarter and a very new player on the ground at that point Patreon yes and crowdfunding was working not only working but working way better than it ever did and and this is fascinating to me because if you're under 30 you don't realize that there was a time that people were not scared terrified to do business on the web oh yeah i remember asking people <laughs> to buy a book or a t-shirt and they'd put they they'd, they'd go they'd write me emails you expect me to put my credit card number on a website right no effing way there smart guy keep pedaling your tunes uh it was not going to happen yeah, and as a matter of fact, in 2010, when I took webcomics.com to a subscription model, it had been a free website for a short time before that. When I took a subscription, I it was a explosion of anger, including a death threat or two. Really? Okay. I I I I can tell you some stories. <laughs> uh, it was it was bad. 
people were incensed about the idea of paying for content. Right. And then along came entities such as Apple, Amazon, uh, uh, the list goes on. The idea of making small payments for things. Yeah. You know, I, how, how much has iTunes done for the business of, of comics just True. in making it cool to drop 99 cents on a MP3, yeah. right? Amazon makes you feel so comfortable. One click shopping. You don't even, they, they store your credit card. You don't give it two thoughts. You click right. that one click shopping and get it delivered to your house overnight in some cases. Uh, things are much different now than yeah. they were before. And it set up it, a perfect situation now for crowdfunding. And the it, the beautiful thing is, is that uh, we, this this was all stuff that we actually tried back in the day. Uh, we we knew about micropayments. We knew about this whole concept. Couldn't have done it back then. Now, it's how the it's how we're making our living. It's how I'm putting food on the table. Yeah. Is if it wasn't for Patreon, holy cats, I don't even want to think about where I'd be. And Kickstarter, fantastic. Interesting. Uh, uh, fundraising. So uh, we have turned from an ad, I think, uh, webcomics has turned from an ad-supported business model to a crowdfunding-supported business model. And, and And those two uh, best ways are Kickstarter and Patreon. It's interesting because I can imagine that if you had said to yourselves, you know, maybe 10 years ago, microtra- <laughs> microtransactions... That's going to yeah. be, <laughs> or, yeah, or crowdfunding. Um, that's going to be the future. And you would think, thought, no way. This is that would that flies in the face of our entire business model. We sneered at it. Listen, there was a there was a group, a, a keen spot. A lot of people heard of. There was another, and and by the way, do you notice uh, the the main the early part of the two thousands. All tries to mimic the newspaper syndicate. Yeah, Keen Spot was a, a news was the same sort of deal as a newspaper syndicate. There was another called Modern Tales. I don't Modern that one. Ta- Do you remember that? No, I don't remember Modern Tales. Uh, Joey Manley sadly passed away a few years ago. Uh, Joey Manley had this idea of setting up a website, and uh, you, if you were a part of this website, you, I think it was two weeks of your most recent material was live. If anybody wanted to read the archives, they'd have to pay a subscription uh, mm. price. It did not work. It was not a huge success. Okay. I, I think a few of their creators had some uh, had some success, but it was not a, a it was not scalable. It was not something that a lot of people could succeed from. Uh, and and you know some of us kind of snickered about it. It was like ah, they're never going to get that off the ground. Right. Blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, it, and it was a it was a good idea. It just, it was way before its time. Now, I'm waiting for somebody to develop a WordPress plugin for Patreon because the minute that I have the ability, yeah, my archives are going to be a $1 a month Patreon reward. Okay. And it's going to be exactly the way, uh, or not ex- maybe not exactly, but very similar to this idea from the early 2000s that uh, did not work. Right. People will think nothing of a $1 a month uh, subscription. You don't even feel that leaving your your account. No, it's true. I make those kinds of choices all the time. I mean, like, especially if I know or I'm familiar with the work of the creator or artist, I have no problem. Uh, There's always a tier that appeals to me in some way where I'm like, I would feel, I would feel 
like fine with that number, you know? Like, Absolutely. I, now here's a question. You <clears throat> you have this archive, you have this audience, you've you've grown an audience through an old model, and then mm -hmm. you get to use this new like these these new uh, way means of, of income, but would it have been would these with these new means Kickstarter and Patreon would they have worked without the the previous model and the 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 growth that you enjoyed from that model? I think they can work, uh, but I I would not want to try to start from the ground. It, 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 starting from the ground up is always difficult. Yeah. So it seems like uh, you're comparing apples to oranges because in both models it takes a long long time to build yeah right uh, uh, I, I I am I'm very happy that I had put in the long amount of time that I had put in building an audience year after year after year uh, because that then I had that audience built up when it was time to switch over to a different uh, business model that mm. doesn't mean that you couldn't start today and uh, succeed but it's going to take you the same as it took me yeah. years of uh, struggling and building this thing brick by brick. Uh, that stuff doesn't change. There's a few people who capture lightning in the bottle and, and become overnight successes. But uh, the vast majority of the overnight successes that you see are people that put in their time long ago. Right. Uh, and, you know, the, the one thing that grinds me is when people say, well, the one way to success, at, uh, the one way to succeed at webcomics is to have started in uh, 1998. I mean, and that is <laughs> that that, that there, there's an element of that that you that had that seems to have accuracy. But what it forgets is every day between then and now that that creator put his time in or put her time in working right it it, it completely disregards those years of work yeah and, and by the way here's the real bad thing about that if you allow yourself to have that mindset you've taken your eyes off the real target you've lost your focus and you're not doing the work that you need to do to be the person that they all are jealous of in 2025 hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you've, you've taken your eye off the target. You, yeah. you, oh, the only way to succeed is to have uh, been uh, doing comics in 1998. Right. Well, well that's, that's kind of productive. You can't... And then work, every day, work your ass off every day of your life between then and now. And if, and if your attitude is that in 2017, you're not doing what it takes to be the guy that everybody's jealous of down that's the road. That's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, is there is there a grain of truth to the idea that, like, when webcomics were new and there was a smaller pool that the cream would have risen to the top that much faster? <laughs> I mean... No, I reject that outlet. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. How old are you, Sal? I am in my 30s. <laughs> okay. Listen, you, you, you're you wet behind your ears yet compared to me. This is, yeah. Uh, here's Not the deal. Much. Uh, I'm pushing 50 over here, kid. All right. Uh, here's the deal. You didn't have to agree that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you could have still uh, no. harbored a little something there. Right. No, uh, here's the deal. So uh, I hear this one all the time too. Well, it was a smaller pool back then. Uh, there's way more signal to noise. That's Listen, how it's felt for me. Number one, yeah. there's always been more noise than signal. That mm -hmm. is always the case. But here's what you don't understand. Before. Wait, 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 before what? I, I got to go back and look. 2012, 2013? Yeah. No, no, no. It, 
Anyway, I'll, I'll go back. Somebody will look this up for me and keep me honest. When I started, there was no such thing as Twitter. There was no such thing as Facebook, yeah. Instagram, Tumblr, none of these. You know what we called marketing back in the day? A web ring. Yes. Sal, you don't even know what a web ring <laughs> oh, is. Oh, I, I, re I remember web rings. I just never really – you know what's funny? I never I never bought into web rings. I thought but they were – like I didn't like them. I didn't like the idea. <laughs> they were horrible, but it's all we had. All right. Trying to get the word out, as it were, trying to uh, get somebody to find your work pre-social media yeah. was a bear. It's one of the reasons that Keen Spot and Modern Tales and all those groups were valuable, because that was one way that once somebody figured out what a webcomic was, yeah. uh, being part of that large group meant that that you that someone else's success could open the door to your success. A rising tide raised all the boats, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So back then, we didn't have any of the marketing stuff that you that we all enjoy today. Yeah. And social media, it, it not only is powerful, social media is the internet. Yeah. Going back to the beginning, 1998, everybody got those little uh, discs in the mail. They set up AOL. They launched AOL on their phone modem, and they thought they were on the Internet, right? Yeah. And for several years, AOL was the Internet. And then people slowly started to break out and realize that there was a whole vast universe beyond AOL. Yeah. And that the real explosion of the web. And that happened around 2000 or so, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Uh, and then there, and then the web, web became this vast universe. You could, you could go anywhere. You could do anything. There was, if you had a thing, if you, that you were interested in, by God, somebody already was setting up a website devoted this to it. This is true. Now, if you talk to my college students, right, at Hushin School of Art, if you talk to uh, a lot of people like my, my son's ages, hmm. the internet is Facebook. We've hmm. come full circle. Yeah, it's only it's like one-stop shopping like it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, 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 it's, it, 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 this is a lot, lot larger conversation, but uh, our cons con consuming habits have changed a lot as readers. Uh, back in the day... We uh, readers were hunter gatherers. They were mm -hmm. out there hunting for things, uh, and when they found them, they used things like bookmarks and RSS to gather that content so that they could come back and get it later. We are not hunter gatherers on the internet anymore. We stand by a stream and let this wave after wave of content wash past us, and we take a little sample of this, we take a little sample of that. Uh, reading habits are completely different. Now, oh, it's true. Well, you can get into that wave and 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 surf the, those wa uh, those waves a little bit and use social media so responsibly and wisely. Mm -hmm. Got all kinds of advantages that we didn't have back then. It's interesting though because the reading habits haven't really changed that much, in as much as people still binge everything that like, they still they still absorb your entire archive. Like they still want everything right now that, they still want years worth of content <laughs> part is true the binge part certainly is true but remember a binge ha it happens like when they first uh meet you right, right. They, they binge but then if it 
in the beginning, if you wanted to keep that reader, you had to keep posting something every day. You had to get them into the habit. The best email I could get was somebody saying, oh, Brad, you're a part of my coffee and breakfast routine in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Evil Inc. or reading Greystone Inn. They, I, I can't even think of my mornings without those were the best kinds of emails to get because I had that reader in a pattern. And a pattern is hard to break once it starts. We right. this good habits and bad habits uh, uh, work out that way. Uh, today, I don't think it's as important as it was back then to have a daily update schedule. Oh and no! By the way, mm. I, I some on this on webcomics.com just recently. Mm. There's a whole generation of web cartoonists who are doing a strip because they've seen web. They they equate strips with web comics because like I said at the beginning of the show, all these po uh, popular web cartoonists were strip uh, people. That is not the case anymore. And if your story is not well told in a strip, yeah. you're killing yourself by doing a strip, right? Oh, yeah. If you can't make that strip a standalone piece that captures somebody on their first trip to, their, to your site right. with no backstory, uh, then it shouldn't be a strip. You should be doing a graphic novel. And... It, it, social media is so forgiving of the uh, not daily update uh, schedule that when you do put out that next big chunk of work, they're going to binge you again. There's no need to be daily like there was. There's strips. Half the people right now in webcomics doing strips should not be doing a strip. I agree with that. I mean, it's funny how how much translation there is between the two mediums. I know that, like, when it comes to YouTube and it comes to producing videos, they say, you know, like we do five shows a week, like Monday through Friday, and we might need to do three a week because um, when you, when you, because there are so many different, there's so much competition, there's so much stuff piling up in people's subscription feed that they just don't have enough, they don't have enough hours in the day. And if there's like a big backlog of stuff, they're just going to, they're just going to ignore it and move on and maybe leave you entirely. Um, right. So I could see like how limiting the content release is beneficial, and it's interesting. You should say that like if you have a strip that isn't that shouldn't be a strip, it should be a, a graphic novel. Screw it, just go straight to Kickstarter and just make a book. <laughs> right, of, or or, yeah. or do a website like a webcomic website, but instead of a instead of it being towards getting you to go into the archive, it's it, maybe you're posting a page or a chapter. And uh, you are encouraging the person the uh, to download or buy an ebook. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, yeah. I, I, but this whole idea of I, I don't like the 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 page a day uh, format so much. Yeah, uh, I, I, there's a lot that that leaves to be desired, uh, and I think you could kind of sub, do like a like like a whale submerging and coming up for air right. and when you submerge you're working on maybe a chapter of your book and then you come up for air and you splash uh, all across social media here's the next chapter check it out bop, 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 and right. then you submerge again you know and yeah. instead of that that daily skipping across the top of the pond so um web comics themselves they had a format this the the new technology or the new uh, revenue streams that cropped up over the last three years um, have fundamentally altered the way through which webcomic creators can uh, pay their mortgage. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Did you have you encountered people who or creators who have uh, rejected that notion or are resistant to change? And is you know is there any hope for them? Because there's it's interesting. You, you talk about like you know the dinosaurs and how it's like this is how we've always done it, and it's like well you got to change or it's not going to work. Um, I I honestly myself I haven't. Uh, that's good. <laughs> I. I <laughs> Most of the people that, that I – so there's two categories of people, right? Mm-hmm. The people who know you and trust you enough to tell you the truth and the people who are kind of uh, – have to put their guard up and maybe are faking it till they make it and, and stuff like that. So you, I get two types of answers when I uh, talk business with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, And most of the people that I know that I'm familiar with uh, and who trust me to talk to me about real numbers, uh, they're they're seeing this same thing I'm seeing. They're they're, they're switching over to crowdfunding. They know there's no real future. Except I will say this. uh, One guy, Scott uh, Kurtz from PVP, Mm -hmm. uh, I I shared a hotel room with his business manager at Emerald City. They're still doing ads. They're still doing very well on ads. Really? Uh, a big well, he's got a huge, he's got a huge, huge readership. Yeah. So it, it it still it scales for him, uh, and he still ha- he's got some very very good. He does he's he's uh, I I've got kind of one tier of an advertising network. Mm-hmm. He's got some advertising networks that are still doing really good stuff. And, okay, and, you know he's he's playing this game at a higher level than I am. <laughs> gotcha. But he's still doing ads. But you notice. Uh, one of his basic Patreon rewards, and he's running a Patreon for PvP and for Table Titans. Yeah. And one of the one of the base rewards is, I think, at one dollar or five dollars, uh, when you're signed into Patreon, all the ads on PvP disappear. It's true. I've seen the same thing for uh, for Penny Arcade when they did it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and they went ad free. I think once they certain once they reached a certain level, they were like, okay, it's just once we have this number. Every like, nobody has to worry about ads anymore, and and nobody does that because it's a frivolous thing or or because it's a fad. They did that, or they can do that because the numbers got low enough that they're like, you know what, we can replace these and turn it into a benefit. You know, they can right. turn it into a right. reward. Absolutely. Um, so if they, do, I mean, we talked about, it. we've said that, we've said actually the title of the show. We've said web comics must change or die. They must. They, mm-hmm. they they're the the. But it's not necessarily the format. It's more that the 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 business model needs like you need to well, change. Well, a little bit of both. Like I said, the format. I think uh, I I think I said half, maybe well over half of web comics that are are doing a comic strip. Those those people need to change uh, mm-hmm. their format because they're doing web comics as a strip because that's what they saw for years and years and right. years. They don't even realize that there's a whole nother uh, universe of publishing. Uh, going back to like 2000, the thing that we heard as strip artists all the time mm-hmm. was the web is unfair to long form. It's so hard to be a long form. I've heard that, yeah. On the web. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, they, they had a, 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 an adequate point. Today's internet not only uh, embraces long form, but in a lot of ways... Uh, encourages long form work. So, uh, uh, it, it, there's a lot of benefits to doing long form work. Again, going back to that binge mentality oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, the web is a lot more accepting of a long form artist. But if you're actually doing a long form cartoon, but you're trying to chop it into strips, you're killing yourself. That yeah. those guys, 
that need to change their format. Uh, and and also, you know, I think all of us are are, are accepting the the very real situation of changing our business. Mm. So we've talked about that. What do you foresee? Because you've been in this industry for some time, and are I, I think it's fair to say that you're a pioneer of this industry. Um, <laughs> what's the future like for web comics? Oh, you know what? I, I it's really hard to say uh, because so much. We are really right now at a 180 degree spin from where I started out. With. That's the thing. Like so, this is so unpredictable. Yeah, well, here we are. well it, and, and it's also not impossible for me to get my head around that having gone 180 degrees, we might end up going 360. Yeah. You know, that, so I, I, I really don't spend a whole lot of time trying to see that far down the road. Okay. Because it's, it's, it's impossible. I can see what's happening, you know, a couple, two, three years out. Uh, but uh, I, I will say that I think... We're going to move more and more to mobile devices. Uh, I think people who are uh, doing work that translate well onto tablets and phones have a huge leg up on the rest of us. uh, you know, I I, I I don't know beyond that, though. Mm. I, I don't know that I'm smart enough to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say uh, for for years, one, one thing that really knocked my socks off when I realized that I realized it, yeah. if that makes any sense, was that for years, my website, evilink.com, was my palace. Anything that I did drove traffic to that site because mm. I was running ads there. Yeah. If somebody was scraping my site, you're familiar with a comic scraper, right? They use RSS to automatically pull the new content yes. off your site and put it on theirs. Yeah. Scrapers got a cease and desist immediately from me. If anybody was putting my comic anywhere that wasn't my site, they were on the fighting side of Brad, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, today, I mirror my, my comic on Tepastic. Right. I hear a comic online webtoons. Uh, I, 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 I put my comic out in as many different places as I can because it's no longer about me driving traffic to my website. It's about me driving traffic to my Patreon. Right. It's about eyeballs. You want to get as many people to be aware of Evil Inc. and want it and then go to yeah. this one place where... And it's not like a website where... They go to the website and they like explore and discover and and go through the archive. With the Patreon, it's just they go to the Patreon, boom! Like the, there's only one, there's only two things you're doing at Patreon: you are either paying or you're receiving. Like right. So and and the and the secret to Patreon for and and I see a lot of people getting this wrong. There's a lot of people struggling with Patreon because they think it's a tip jar. Yeah. Here, here here's a quick tip for you: Patreon's not a tip jar. Patreon's a subscription service. The quicker you figure that out, the quicker you're going to succeed on Patreon. And what works on subscription services? Exclusive content. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, you want to hear the future? Yeah. I'll tell you you what the future is, uh, Sal. You get me all worked up. All right, here we go. (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you what the future is. The future of webcomics and the Internet in general is that we are going to go from an Internet where everything was quote-unquote free and ad-supported to uh, basically what's happening in entertainment tonight uh, or in entertainment right now. Sal, how many of these do you have? Netflix? Yep. Hulu? 
I don't use Hulu, but only because I, 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 I have a fundamental problem with it. Plus, I have cable and DVR. <laughs> okay, so you, plus your cable. Yep. Plus, when Star Trek comes out, you're going to get CBS. Right, right? I, got, I got to get you CBS. You bet your boots you are. <laughs> and CISO and HBO uh, and Game of Thrones, you're going to get HBO Now yeah. and uh, Cinemax because... Uh, uh, there might be something there you want. I think evil, uh, and evil on dead. and on and on yeah. and on. And you're paying individually for each one of those. Yeah, but that's, that's what's going to happen on the web too. What's going to happen is is you're going to be a Patreon backer of mine and you're going to be a Patreon backer of Scott's and slowly more and more content is going to go behind a paywall. Right. And you're going to be pay, you're going to actually be paying a lot more for those uh, individual things that you get, and the quality of the free stuff is going to slowly slide down, uh, and and you're going to be paying micropayments for a lot of stuff down we've, the road. We've seen that in the video game industry, just like they, yeah. for the most part, like AAA title uh, publishers have learned that they can get a huge game out faster if they don't finish it, and if it's a little broken. If they can release anything that's like actually part of the content through microtransactions and uh, and updates that you can pay for DLC, that's what they call it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> now that frustrates me as a person who likes <laughs> one-stop shopping. We talked about how AOL and Facebook are the one places. Yeah, I you know one of the appeals of Netflix when it first started or when it first started to stream was. Holy shit! I can watch all my movies, and I can watch my shows, and I don't, I don't really need all these. Di- I don't need like this this menu of mm-hmm. options because I have this one source. Um, it. I think you're absolutely right that we are seeing in the future. We're going to see a, a diversification of all of our media. Mm-hmm. I think that's. I don't think that is the the the, the end game, but I think it will definitely be because I mean, what what happened when Netflix finally became successful? Fox. Uh, all, all the TV companies were like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We yeah. we could we could do this ourselves. We could take our entire catalog, put it behind a paywall, make it a subscription based thing." So, the you know that that kind of broke <laughs> what Netflix yeah. became, and actually, and, and as a result, Netflix had to respond and change and become you know kind of like. A, a, an original programming uh, developer. And thank goodness they did. Look yeah. at all the great things they're doing. That's I mean, true. here's the deal. Change is always a little bit scary. Sure. Uh, but uh, it, I, I don't think it's necessarily going to be a bad thing. Mm. I, I, I think you're going to see that this actually brings out a lot of great stuff. And, and, and for creators, if you're a comic creator who can do a good comic, yeah. by the way, just one one quick ta- tangent. Sure, sure. Who can do a good comic? That's everything that we discussed today means bupkis unless you can do a good comic. That's There's true. so many people out there who think that they can just put crap up there and and that it's going to be accepted and yeah. and uh, it, you you have to first be able to deliver quality and deliver it consistently before you can make money doing this. And if you're not making money or if you don't got the traffic you think you should have. It isn't because you haven't discovered the right hashtag just yet. <laughs> it isn't because social media. It isn't because signal to noise. It isn't because the world's unfair. It's because you're not doing a quality comic. Mm. And you should be spending your time improving and not worried about social media and SEO and hashtags and all that other stuff. First, do a good comic. Yeah. But for those people who can do a good comic, so those people who can really deliver, uh, 
the the the, the money is so much better under a subscription uh, model than it was under ads. Uh, they'll they, they'll never turn back. Hmm. You know, you've been saying that since we met, like I think in yeah. two thousand six or seven. Uh, at at the at the core of every endeavor, you have to make a quality product. It has to be good first, <laughs> and then everything yeah. else will follow. Yeah, it's the, the first thing is quality, and, yeah. and there's so many people who miss that, you know, or or kind of, you know, there's what's that called the the Dunning Kruger syndrome? Oh that yeah, you've got, you've got to at least have. Uh, a basic amount of uh, intelligence in a certain thing to know how dumb you are. <laughs> and, if you're, and if you completely lack that intelligence, you can actually for, fool yourself into believing that you're brilliant at that thing. Yeah. There's a lot of that going around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who think they're doing a good comic who are doing a very Dunning-Kruger comic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had one question from the audience that I thought was interesting, and it's it's mm -hmm. not really related, so I thought I'd kind of like cap it there. So is it who do you think you are? Right. I get that one a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, thankfully, um, a lot of people are, uh, are are enchanted by this by this experience. Um, but my question is, um, are you familiar with the uh, the the comic system of virtual reality with comics, like the AR view and stuff like that? And is yeah. is there? I I see it as a gimmick. Is that something yeah, that that, that kind of do has too. value? Here's the deal. Here's the, all of that stuff is great. All that stuff is fine. Virtual reality comics and and uh, you know multimedia comics and infinite scroll comics and mm -hmm. yada yada yada. All that stuff is great. Here's what it comes down to: storytelling. It's all about the story. Yeah. And if and and if inf, and if that virtual reality uh, uh, format is how you tell your story, if that story is good, then you're going to do great. Yeah. Does that mean that you need to do a virtual reality comic? Nope. You can still do a four-panel comic strip yeah. and do brilliant work if your story is good. If you're in that case, perhaps if your humor is spot on. Uh, but it, I, I don't get too wrapped up in all of those things. I'm more interested in the story. Yeah. I want to tell good stories. Uh, I, 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 that's what brings me to the game. All that other stuff is fine. And b believe me, there's going to be Instagram just released uh, of the ability to do multiple photo posts, yes. right? And you know, the first thing people started asking me, hey, that's like a comic strip. You can oh. do a comic strip. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you could. You could. Here's the here's the three problems that I have with that. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Right. But if the story's good, if you did that and did a brilliant story or did something that engaged and uh, captivated people, you're going to be a success. Yeah. Did you need Instagram's multi-photo? Nope. But if you use that and did a brilliant story, of course you would succeed. Yeah. I, I think it's, for that, I think it's why Vine didn't work out. Because, and I remember a lot of critics of the of the mm -hmm. Vine video format, which of course is now dead. Uh, somebody, I, I never I never forgot it. They said something like, um, "The fact is, you can't like the the six seconds. There's you can't do anything compelling in six seconds." Yeah, you really can't. I mean, uh, and, and I mean, you could you could a person can fall down in six seconds. You could tell a very yeah. quick joke in six seconds, but the fact of the matter is, there's no there was no substantial content from that yeah. format.
there's a reason it fell under its own, uh, under its own weight. Yeah, I mean, besides the fact that like there was literally no way to monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's my problem with Instagram. You know, yeah. it's like you know, the, you you can't put a live link in the in the post. You've got to go back to the bio page. Nobody's going to go back to the bio page no. <laughs> unless you look very very good on camera. Oh yeah, and uh, you know, there's there's it, it, Instagram is not set up to be, in my opinion. Uh, a good social media for the promoting cartoonist. No, I agree. Uh, but then again, you know, there, there's people doing it, and and you know, yeah. I, a lot of times, uh, it sometimes it just in the same way that it took a syndicate giving me a rejection letter to get me to go onto web comics. Mm-hmm. My saying that something is impossible is going to make somebody out there in your audience say that guy's full of shit, and I'm going to show him why. That's and, right. And if that hap- and if that happens. <laughs> Thank goodness. I, I, there's nothing I love better is to be proven wrong in a situation like that. I love being wrong when it's so, something like that. Well, there you go, man. That was uh, that. You hit it right on the head at an hour. I think that's a perfect way to cap the show. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but you listen, can tell, I'm, I'm like a trained seal. You can put me out there. I go for exactly 60 yep. minutes and then peter out. You completely. You you put a perfect button at the end of the show, man. Yeah, Nicely good, done. Good, good. Um, let me tell you, uh, this has been a fascinating conversation. I think we've uh, we've really we've hit on a, a number of topics, but I think we could probably go for a, for a while longer. I'm not going to do that, but I think what we should do because what I do is we like to. You know what it will do? Like uh, I, this is actually the origin of our channel. Was like whoa 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 whoa. Stop what you're doing. Save it. We'll put that in another thing so well, listen you know what i'm going to tell you anytime you want me i love the sound of my own voice anytime <laughs> you want me to come and do a podcast all you got to do is say the word one thing i do want to talk about sometime yes. when we got got a chance to delve into it is that uh the thing that that has really turned my business around is not safe for work stuff that i've been doing on we didn't con- even get a chance to talk about that do you want to take a minute I- and do that It's a whole uh, deeper conversation, but I will say this. I I found out very quickly that that's what my readers were willing to pay for. Yeah. And that's what you got to do on Patreon, find out what your readers are willing to pay for. For me, it was not safe for work. For you, it's going to be something different. Everybody's going to have their different thing. But I can tell you, number one, I have so much respect for people who are doing that because, man, you've got to really know your anatomy to draw that stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I can also say that, so I I thought it was going to be this one thing going in, and having done it for a year and a half now, uh, there are so many great stories you can tell under that genre. There's so much compelling kind of uh, uh, plot that you can put out, it is, I, I, I got to say, I have got a renewed respect for people who work in this uh, type of comics because, man, I'm having the time of my life. It I guess, is, you know, it's, it's funny. the You're... biggest challenge I've ever had. Yeah. And, and it, 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 writing-wise and drawing-wise, biggest challenge by far. And it's some of the most satisfying work I've ever done. Yeah. And who'd have thought, right? Sex. How could that not be a... <laughs> A font yeah. of money you know, and experience. Funny, it only took me 17 years to, to, figure, that to out. figure it out. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to check that out, by the way, all the links are in the description box below this video, which is a thing that nobody clicks for some reason, <laughs> uh, which is why it's the top thing. It, you, it's right there. Uh, check out Brad's Kickstarter and his Patreon, uh, and and see for yourself. Find out. Go on the journey. Um, yeah. Because it's totally worth it. And... Uh, 
Brad, we got to have you back on, man, because it's been a, an absolute pleasure. I think we should. We should just do an episode. I think, you know what's funny? Sex sells. We'll call it like the NSFW show, and people will be like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah, we'll drop a bunch of dirty words. We'll just, we'll just, I'll be oh, smoking love a it. cigar over here. We'll do it up right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. Uh, please make sure to check out everything that Brad Geiger does. Go to Geiger.com or check the description box below this video for all links associated with his projects. And we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Brad, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Thank you, Sal. I had a blast. And we'll see you guys next week. So long.